Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at East Coweta High School in Sharpsburg. We invite you to join us for our energetic and passionate worship services. Check us out at realchurchcoweta.com or search for us on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. You know, um, we're talking about a survival guide uh, to the holidays. And we're talking about how is it that we can get through the holidays and, and not want to kill somebody, okay? And uh, not, uh, not get angry with one another and, and not, uh, not forget the reason for the holidays. And that's one of the, that's one of the main things uh, that we're doing. You know, um, talking about this reminds me uh, of a story I heard. There was, a, there was a police officer who, it was Thanksgiving Day, uh, it was about 12 o'clock, and he was, got a call. He went over to a house, and he phoned in and said, Sarge, uh, there is a woman who has shot her son-in-law for walking on a floor she just mopped. And he said, what? She shot him for walking on a floor she just mopped, her son-in-law. And Sarge said, did you? Did you arrest her? He said, no, man, the floor's still wet. (laughs) Thank you for, I appreciate it. (laughs) Anyway. Hey, guys, listen, the holidays can be a really stressful time, and the holidays can be a really stressful time because a lot of times we have to interact with people that are our family that we don't choose they kind of choose us and it kind of happens and we have to deal with those people. And oftentimes when we are heading to the holiday festivities or we're heading to the event, there is a thought in our minds that something is going to be perfect. In your mind, you, you usually play it out a lot like uh, some kind of nice Christmas movie that you would see on life, uh, Lifetime, except the woman didn't kill the guy, all right, uh, on, on, on Lifetime. It's one of those holiday Christmas music, maybe on the family channel. You play it out in your minds, but oftentimes it's the opposite. Or maybe, maybe, like I know I've talked to some of you, maybe you already know that Uncle So-and-So is going to be there, and you're dreading seeing Uncle So-and-So. You really are. Um, one of the things that amazes me is, and I don't know if it happens to you, but it happens to me, and I think it happens to all of us. When, when I go home to my family, when all of my family is there, every one of those family members assumes the same role that they had when we were all little. All right? So when I go home, I'm not the pastor I am the baby of the family, and I'm treated as such. It's so funny because in our minds and in our family's minds, oftentimes events are frozen in our minds, and that's who that person is. For instance, when I was about 17 years old, my brother and I went golfing. My brother Jimmy and I went golfing. He took me golfing, and let's just say when I was younger, I had a temper, all right? I actually had red hair at the time, not, not bald, but I had a temper. We went golfing, and I go out there, 
and I'm okay at golf. I'm getting ready, and I hit the golf ball, and it went that way, all right? And I was trying to go this way. So I go over to it, and so this happens one, two, three times, maybe four times, five times, and I'm getting about the 12th or 13th hole, and if you play golf, you know, and you're not doing real well, you know the frustration. It just starts sort of piling up, you know? It just starts sort of getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, on about the 13th hole, there was a, there was a, a water hazard right in front of the green, and man, I had the perfect club, I thought, I hadn't hit a good shot all day. I hit the shot perfect. It was going straight at the hole. And I was like, it's on. This is it. And it dropped dead in the center of the pond. I didn't use the right club. So that I wouldn't use that club anymore, I took that club and I slung it way up in a tree in the woods. That's right. <laughs> and I said a few choice words, and I got back on the cart with my brother, and he wanted to crawl under the cart because he was embarrassed. And we go up to the hole, and I didn't know what club I was going to use, but I went ahead and went on. Now, let me say something to you. Two years ago, I was 43, over Thanksgiving, my brother wanted to go play golf. I said, man, it sounds great. I played golf with my brother tons of times since then. 43 years old, over Thanksgiving. We go and sit on the cart going up to the first hole. I'm 43, I'm in the ministry. I'm married, a couple kids. My brother looks at me and says, hey man, you get mad today don't throw any clubs and I said do you realize Jimmy that I haven't thrown a club since I was 17 and he started thinking he said you know I guess that's right I guess that's right he said you know sometimes things just get frozen in your mind man and that's what happens with us a lot of times when we go back to that holiday festivity when we go back uh, and dealing with families oftentimes we go back and we have to step back into some role that our families think that we play. We do that. And so today I wanted to talk a little bit about surviving that, surviving difficult family members, surviving people that are hard to get along with, all right? I see a few people saying this isn't going to apply to them, and I see a lot of people right now going, get the notebook out, all right? I see you guys doing that. There's a couple things, though, I want to tell you, some truths that you may not know about about. Uh, families. The first thing is, is that, is that God created families. God created families. In Genesis chapter 1, I think we have that up there. Genesis chapter 1, verses, uh, verses 27 and 28. Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. He said this. He said, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then 28 says, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth uh, and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. God created the family. As a matter of fact, the family is so important to God. And the reason it's so important to God is because the family is the unit that God created to not only fill the earth, the family is the unit 
that God created to bring forth the Messiah. I don't want you to miss that. The family was the family was the unit. You can trace in Jesus's lineage all the way back to Adam. The family, the family was was the the mechanism that God wanted to use to begin the process of redeeming the world. It was the family. And I don't know if you've ever thought about that or not, but that should let you know how serious God takes the family. The second thing you need to know about the family is, is that Jesus, Jesus was raised in a family and was trained there. Jesus was raised up in a family and was trained there. We see that there's a little snippet of Jesus's childhood that we see when he was in the temple. And the scripture says this in Luke chapter two, it says, then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. I want to say that again for all the kids listening, especially y'all four. All right. He returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And I love this part. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. And then we see a phrase that we also see back whenever uh, in the first book of the first book of Samuel says this. It says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with all people. Jesus was raised. He was raised in a family and he was trained there. But there's something you may not know. There's something you may not know about, about Jesus and about his life. There's something that may surprise you about Jesus and his life, and it's this. Jesus, and that most of Jesus' family did not believe in him and didn't follow him until after he died and rose again. Did you guys know that? Did you guys know that, that none of Jesus' family None of Jesus' family actually followed him until after he died and rose again. Let me show you. Let me show you the text in Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, starting in verse, in verse 20. It says this. It says, one time Jesus entered a house, and the crowds began to gather, and soon he and his disciples couldn't even have time to eat. So there's so many people there. Jesus is in this home, and what he would do is he would go in this home People would have a festivity type thing and then they would all lounge around and Jesus would get up and he would teach. So Jesus goes to this home. There's so many people in there that he can't even eat. And then we see a snippet of his family. When his family heard what was happening, when his family heard about all this commotion, when his family heard about all these things going on, they tried to take him away. And this is what they said about Christ. His family said this, y'all. He's out of his mind, they said. He's out of his mind. There's another, there's another picture in John chapter, chapter 3. John chapter 3 verses, uh, John chapter 7 verses 3 through 5. John chapter 7 verses 3 through 5 says this. I don't want you to miss this. It says, starting in verse, uh, starting in verse, uh, verse 3, it says, let me read from up there. It says, and Jesus' brother said to him, leave here. And go to Judea, where your followers can see your miracles. I want you to understand something. In John, everything is layered. There's a layering in John. And so when you think about John, think about layers in John. There's a, there's a hidden meaning in this text. 
the way he said this was, hey, Jesus, leave here. Go to Judea where, where all your followers can see your miracles. Go, go do that. And go ahead and go to the next one. It says, you can't become famous if you hide like, like this. If you do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. It's like, hey, you want to be, you want to be all this? Hey, Jesus, you want to be great? Hey, Jesus, you, you want to be all that? Hey, do this. Go, go to Judea. Go, look, you can't be famous, man, if you're not going to show yourself to the world. And we know that attitude existed because of verse 5 when it says, For even his brothers, even his brothers didn't believe in him. If we fast forward to after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and right after his ascension, we see Acts chapter 1, verses 14 say this. They all met together and were constantly in prayer. It was the first church. It was the first New Covenant church. It was the first New Testament church. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer. And it says this, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus. Several other women, and then it says this, and the brothers of Jesus. The brothers of Jesus. When your family has you sit in a certain, in a certain time period, when events that you have done when you were younger are set in stone, maybe it's an event where you had a huge sin, had a huge mess up, had something that you did that you know that, that it wasn't right. And a lot of times, if family members don't necessarily see you, if they don't see, I don't know about you guys, but I've had experiences where I've went to bed and then like I woke up and my son grew six inches overnight. You're with me? It's like, okay, he's six foot tall now. I mean, I've had those experiences. It's like when, it's like when a father goes off to war and he comes back and his little baby is now grown up, you know, from, from just a little baby to walking around. It's those kind of things. Oftentimes, whenever we get together in the holidays with family, oftentimes the family members all play a certain role. They all play a certain role. But they haven't seen the growth that you've made. They don't know, they don't know exactly. You know, I went to a funeral one time in my hometown. I went to a funeral, and one of my older brothers' friends came up to my oldest brother. He said, hey, he said, uh, I, I can't get over Barry. He said, why not? He said, I hadn't seen him in a long time. He said, okay, uh, what, what, what's, what's the deal? He said, I just have him stuck as that little redheaded kid walking around asking for a quarter. I was always kind of a bum. <laughs> I wanted a snack. <laughs> but I, I, asking, I did. I really did. I walked around. Anybody got a quarter? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I, listen, watermelon, uh, watermelon now, now and laters are, are the bomb, okay, back in the day. So, but he said, I, I just got my sprint. He's just, it's just stuck in my head that, that that's who he is. And I just can't get over how much he's grown up and how mature he is and blah, 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 blah. But a lot of times, you guys, we get stuck in those things. We get stuck in those areas. And hey, listen, Jesus' own family, Jesus had issues with his own family. Jesus' own family. And it's one of these things where it encourages me because, hey, listen, if, if God in flesh didn't get along with his family, 
maybe I'm all right. Are you with me? Maybe, maybe I'm okay. Maybe that's okay. Maybe it is really tough to do that. Maybe it is really tough to deal with one another. Maybe it is, maybe, maybe they do find it very difficult to deal with one another. And so today, I want to talk about a couple things that we can do. Because, hey, listen, a lot of times we're forced into these situations, aren't we? A lot of times, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I kind of dread, I kind of dread going, all right? I hope my mom's not listening to this, but I do. Sometimes it's like, oh, you know, oh, let's go up because it's a long drive and, and you've got all these. I love your cooking, mom, but it's a long drive, just in case she's listening. Uh, it's a long, it's, <laughs> she does listen, I know I'm in trouble. But it's a long drive and, and I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just kind of draining, all right? But let me tell you what I do. Let me tell you what I think God would have us do. The first thing I think we need to do to survive the holiday season is I think we need to make up our minds before. We need to make up, you need to make up your mind before, all right? You have to set your mind right before you decide to go and interact with those people. You have to set your mind right before you go and interact with those family members. You have to set your mind right. You have to, before you ever go, if you go and you haven't got your mindset right, what will happen will happen, and you will be miserable. That's what will that, end up happening. Let me tell you what Romans says. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says this. It says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can to live in peace for everyone. So you'd want to do something like this. For me, for me, whenever we're starting to go off, you know, and we want, we want to have the fun, the, the best time we can have when we go to holidays, we always say, God, just, just bless us, Lord. Let us be patient. I always talk to myself and say, God, let me be patient. You know, let me, let, let, let me love others. Let, let me be someone. God, give me the attitude of whatever happens, happens. And it's going to roll off my back like water off a duck's back. Whatever happens, happens. It is what it is. If you say that prayer and you prepare beforehand, I promise you, you'll see a difference in how you interact with people. You'll see a difference in how your time will go there. And listen, this is not, this is not necessarily just for families either. You also have coworkers and you have, you have uh, other people that are like your family that you interact with. Set your mind beforehand. Set your mind beforehand and make sure that you remember, you remember the verse. If at all possible, live at peace. The next thing is this, and this is one that most people don't want to hear. Most people don't want to hear this. I'm going to encourage you to be the bigger person. I'm going to encourage you when it comes to these situations. I'm going to encourage you to be the bigger person. Proverbs 15.1 says this. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. A gentle answer, a gentle answer, now, let me tell you what that means. That means that whenever someone says something to you, y'all are sitting around the table or whatever, and someone says something to you, and right deep down in here, there's that little fire. It's almost like a pilot light, you know, in your house, that little fire right there. And all of a sudden, you start feeling some of that gasoline start pouring on, and that anger starts coming up, all right? That means, that means that before you go, you need to be prayed up. So that you know that a, that a gentle answer, a gentle answer will deflect it. Because if you, if you jump face first in, if you jump right in like everyone else, guess what happens? You walk, away, you walk away miserable. That's what happens. 
you walk away upset. You walk away. And let me say something about this. If there's a disagreement, be the bigger person. I've always been amazed, and maybe it's just who I am, but I've always been amazed, always been amazed, that people are so adamant that they win an argument, all right? That they win an argument. There's, there's, there's something where people are adamant that they win this argument. Can I tell you guys something? Who gives a rip who wins the argument? Who cares? Lighten up. Have some fun. I'll tell you what Wendy and I do. Wendy and I usually say, hey, I wonder if your mom is going to say this and this. And we kind of wait. All right? And then we're sitting around the table. My mom will sit and we'll look at each other like, ding. We'll laugh a little bit. Hey, guys, listen, lighten up. Enjoy your life a little bit. I'm going to tell you something. One of, the, one of the biggest issues that we have as people is wanting to be right. And I heard someone say this one time, and I love this. You can be right, or you can be happy. But most of the time, you can't be both. You can be right, or you can be happy. And that's true in families, friends, it's true in marriages. You can be right or you can be happy. So, here's a question. What if at all possible isn't possible? What if the pain is too much? What if there has been a major breach, all right? And what if there's major pain? What if there are what if there's major stress that overwhelms you? What if the hurt is way too deep? What if family, have, has, they have done things, or one person in particular has done things, that, that makes it way, way too difficult? What if at all possible isn't possible? Here's what I'll tell you. You need to pray diligently. You need to ask God point blank and pray diligently. And then you need to do this. You need to set a boundary. You need to set a boundary. Now, I want to tell you something. That boundary may mean that you don't go to their house at all. All right? That's what it may mean. That boundary may mean that, that you don't participate in that activity. That boundary may mean that you have to cut off contact for a while. It may mean that. It may mean that you need to give that person over to God and you need to, to make sure that you're okay. Listen, I want you to know something. I want you to hear this. When Jesus' family, when Jesus' family rejected him, when his brothers didn't believe in him, Jesus did not go and try to convince them he was who he was. Do you know what Jesus did? He lived his life and his life reflected and told the truth of who he was. And then they believed. And then they came. And then they actually worshiped him. That's what happens. Sometimes, you guys, even though it's difficult, sometimes, sometimes, you have to set a boundary with people. And that's a hard thing sometimes. It's a very difficult thing. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm in the process of that right now. I'm having to do that right now. And this week is going to kind of stink for me. But it has to happen. 
It has to happen. Sometimes you have to set a boundary and let God deal with other people. Now, I hope you guys don't leave and go, well, that does it, man. We ain't going. All right, we're setting a boundary. Meemaw, I ain't going to be there, all right? You know? But sometimes, sometimes you have to do that. Let me tell you what I love about God. And I've seen this in my own life. Wendy and I have no family down here, all right? We have, we have no family down here. We don't have grandparents down here. We don't, we don't have, you know, uncles and aunts down here. We don't have any of that. The, the closest one is about five hours away, four and a half hours away from here. All right, but let me tell you what I love about God. I love, I love this. I love that God provides people in my life in Georgia to be my family. Do you know that? Do you know that God, can let me tell you something. Since the day my dad died, since the day my father passed away, God has never allowed me not to have an older gentleman who spoke into my life, who loved me, who poured into my life. He's never allowed that not to be the case. And I'm going to tell you, when I moved down to Georgia, I was like, man, I, you know, I guess I'm kind of on my own. You know, I've got to grow up on my own. And lo and behold, at the first church, a couple of older men came in. I would talk to them. They would give me wisdom. They'd give me insight on things. I mean, I would talk to them, and, you know, I, I would say, hey, let me talk to you about this. What do you think? What would you do? And they would talk to me about everything. And then lo and behold, I go to the next church, and there's Jim Spradlin, who spoke here about a month ago. There's Jim Spradlin serving as my surrogate father, spiritual guide, speaking life into me, talking to me, encouraging me. Can I tell you guys something? God loves you and me enough that if things have happened in our lives that are traumatic, if things have happened where you're disconnected from your family, if things have happened where you've had to set a boundary, if things have happened where you can't participate in those things, or like us, if things have happened where you've had to move away, God provides people that will be your brothers and your sisters and your aunts and your uncles he provides those things he provided them for Jesus and he'll provide them for you and that y'all that is what I love about God I'm going to Tennessee this week but the truth is is I don't have to I don't have to go to Tennessee I could stay here and there's people sitting right here who I could hang out with and it would feel just like family. Just like family. And I would have just as good a time. I, 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 would, I would have just as deep of conversations. I wouldn't be forced to eat certain foods. You know what I mean? Somebody got that one, one item that's like, here, have some more. And you're like, all right. You know what I mean? Hey, listen, you guys, I want to encourage you about this, all right? I want to encourage you this, look. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting. You know, right now, it's really funny. Um, uh, we've got lots of people. Uh, our whole praise band is out, is out of town. So we've got lots of people that, uh, that are out of town. They're already on their way to experiencing what we're talking about. Does that make sense? They're already on their way to, uh, to, to going through the process. They're doing that. And maybe you're like me. Maybe you've got to work a day or two, or maybe you've got to do a few things, and then you're heading out. 
But do me a favor. Don't let family dysfunction, you know, if your family put the fun in dysfunction, don't let that ruin another holiday. You set yourself right. You set your attitude right. You set what you know to be the truth right. And you pray yourself up before you go. And you walk in. And it don't matter what, you know, Uncle Ed says. All right? And let me say something to you. Y'all, Jesus hung on a cross for six hours. Surely you can hang out with Aunt Ethel for, four, for three or four. You know what I mean? Surely you can do that. Surely you're bigger than that. Surely you are. Hey, listen, let your attitude and let who you are as a person and let who Christ has made you to be, let that shine through. Let that shine through. Be the bigger person and have a great Thanksgiving. It's going to be awesome. That's how you survive the holidays. Let me pray for you. God, I love these people here. I do. Uh, I want to pray right now for the people that are on the road traveling. I want to pray right now for the people that are, that are absent here today. I want to pray for their well-being. I want to pray for their, uh, uh, really, their spiritual life. I want to pray for their, um, you know, j- just that they, they would have the right attitudes as well. And God, I just want to pray that, uh, that you, would, you would bless everyone here, Lord. God, it's so rare that we actually stop everything and, uh, and, just, and just give thanks. It's so rare that we stop everything and just, and just enjoy, enjoy our, our, our life and ourselves. God, I pray that everyone here can do that this week. For those that are working, I pray that they will stop at some point and set aside a time to enjoy their family and their friends, that they will set aside a time to be thankful to you, and God, that they would fully embrace uh, what this holiday means. Lord, and I pray that if there are people that, that can't go because of some major um, uh, separation or, or some hurt that they feel, God, my prayer for those people is, is that they would have friends and family around them. That, and, and, you know, friends that would be like their brothers and their sisters friends that would, that, that would come around them. God, that's what happened to you. When you were on earth, that's what happened to you. Those disciples were all around you. You even asked the question. You said, Lord, you said, who are my brothers and who are my sisters and who is my mom? It's the people that do my will. That's who it is. It's those people that get what I'm talking about. That's who it is. And so, God, I pray that they would have those people, Lord. And Lord, as you do this, we'll make sure to give you the honor and glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, let's stand up here for a final song. Stand up and sing. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you'd like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and you'll find our contact information under the contact tab. We would like to have you join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at East Coweta High in Sharpsburg. Until next time, God bless you and take care.